0: All right. Good evening and welcome to Lost in the Long Box for Wednesday, May 27th. Uh, for those of you who listen to us live, I am sorry that we are late. One of the beauties of the quarantine is you get to discover all the quirks of software and drive yourself bonkers. Uh, so we everybody's good to go. I'll go ahead and introduce my other um, host, uh, Tommy, Olivia, and Madman on the board. Everybody say Hello. Hello. I-, I believe Enos is on his way. Um, Madman just let out a shout of pain. Everybody hang on. We all right, Madman? I think we're all right. That was his frustration scream. Uh, I can, I'm can. assuming Enos is on the way. Not sure. Don't know. Um, how was everybody's week? Oh, that's right. It was Memorial Day weekend, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty good. Awesome.
1: Yeah, The uh, the short weeks like this kind of throw me
0: off, though. Right. Absolutely. Uh, so uh, let's get into the news items. This one is not comic book related, but gosh darn it, just excites me anyway. Disney has announced their plans to reopen on July 11th. Woo hoo! Road trip, we're going. Not, not really. Hey, I'm just saying I, I would like I, to go back.
1: I say I'll pass on that one. I'll pass
0: on that. One. You know, the last time no, we I'm were down there. Excited. Uh I'm Last time we were down there, my wife bought um, the 10-day park park hoppers for both of us. Um, and let me tell you what, when they told us what the price was, I thought I was going to pass out.
1: <laughs>
0: so, But they never expire, so, you know. There you go. Got some Tower of Terror waiting for me and some Aerosmith roller coaster. Olivia, that's another one that's indoors. You never see the, it doesn't go up very high either, so.
2: Yeah, you know what, I'm okay with this because I did Flight of Fear at King's Dominion. That was my first one. That wasn't bad.
0: Oh, yeah, that's, uh. you know, I don't think that one works anymore. Tommy, that was one that was closed the last time we went, right? It was, yeah. When we went last year, it was closed. And it what? did look
2: like,
0: yeah, I don't know if it was coming back, too. There was no indication that it was opening that day, so. That day
2: was hot.
0: not been there in a while, either. So, uh, let's see. What do we got here? Uh, so, yesterday, or yesterday, today, God, I'm sorry. See, Tommy, the short weeks and got me already, too. Uh, so, I guess the Diamond Comics previews came out today, and mm-hmm. noticeably absent was DC previews. Um, Olivia should probably know this one. DC has now launched uh, DC Connect, which is how they are now going to tell you every month what their solicitations are um, with the graphic novels, t-shirts, toys, all of that. So I guess they're not going to be doing the um, book anymore. They're just going to go ahead and do it as a, an online service. Uh, but it's free. And you just go to dccomics.com connect and you'll get it every month. Is that right, Olivia? Have you looked at this yet?
2: That is correct. Yeah, uh, we have a lot of people who aren't happy because they like their hard copies of previews. But you know, I guess it's just part of getting with the times. Everything's moving digital. Um, it's definitely a learning curve for all of us. But I,
0: I like having a hard copy. I'll, I'll admit it. Uh, because what yeah. I do is I find the things that I want, and then I come in and I point and I say I want this and I want this, and then I fold that page down. So that when it comes out on the shelf, I know that if I don't see it in my box, to go look for it. Not saying that you guys forget to put stuff on my box. I'm (laughs) (laughs) want to point that out there. Um, So they also released uh, Jim Lee's 80th anniversary cover for Green Lantern. Um, And the only reason I'm pointing this out is because that was pushed back to June 23rd. Remember, Mm -hmm. DC was doing a whole thing with all the anniversary uh, issues, all the characters this year. And obviously, Mm -hmm. with the quarantine and COVID, a bunch of things got pushed back. So for anyone who was waiting for Green Lantern, 80th anniversary, it is coming next month. Okay. So I may actually get that one myself. I didn't get the Catwoman one. I believe I got the Flash one, but uh, got the Wonder Woman one. So I might go ahead and get the, uh, the Green Lantern one as well.
2: Okay. I mean, if anything, it makes a cool little mini collection in and of itself.
0: Absolutely. And Green Lantern's always been kind of one of my favorite characters as well. So, uh, so you know, Jim Lee was doing his uh, charity for uh, BINC and all the uh, charity sketches. Have you heard that uh, him, along with all the other artists that have done pieces for it, have raised over $600,000? nice. So, yes, I, I'm actually surprised with that. And good job, everybody. Uh, yeah. I don't know if you saw the Brainiac one he did. Uh, what a beautiful piece that was. It, I have
2: to go back and look at that.
0: Yeah, he basically put like every character of the DC universe in it. That's awesome. So
2: Yeah, I mean, that was a really cool organization. I really love that people banded together to really save the industry because once Diamond stopped shipping out books, I mean, you know, there's all the back stocks and toys and stuff like that, but new books are a big part of the industry. Right. Oh, well, yeah, I would
0: imagine. The thing that I really loved about it, Jim Lee started it. And it's almost like, if I could use the uh, parallel here, it's almost like uh, when Bob Yaddoff did uh, USA for Africa and everybody jumped in and said, Hey, I want to be a part of this. Can I do this? It's the same type of effect. Jim Lee started doing it. And all these other artists said, Hey, I'll draw something for that too. So they all kind of came under the same umbrella there. Yeah. So another thing too, um, Remember CW announced they were going to be doing a Superman and Lois TV show, obviously spinning out of Supergirl and all that? Uh, yes. They they did announce that that is now going to still premiere sometime in 2021. Looks like it's going to be okay. following The Flash on Tuesday nights. Uh, mm-hmm. The big change is originally they were going to shoot a pilot, uh, but they put that on hold, obviously, because of the pandemic. So now they're saying they're just going to skip the pilot and go straight to a 13-episode series for the first season. Hmm. Whoops. My bad. I guess they realize that uh, we don't really need to do a pilot. Everybody knows who Superman and Lois Lane are. Just go ahead and do the show.
2: Yeah, that's one yeah, of those ones. Yeah, you need ones. something like that.
1: need an origin story or anything like that for it's right. Superman. We all know who Superman
0: is. Right. And anybody watching the CW shows already know what's going on. Hi, Madman. What's up? Sorry, everybody. <laughs> we uh, <clears throat> don't have video. No video?
1: Yeah, so it's just audio. But we can't show each other. The
0: so, okay, books. so no show and tell.
1: Well, we can do the show and tell. We okay, can speak to
0: one another. All right, cool. Uh, great. Uh, also, in the um, what the hell are you thinking category, because this is something I would have pulled in my youth. Did you hear this one? I know you had to hear this one. It's hit all the major news sites. Uh, so three children uh, in Bolivia have, were taken to the hospital because they had a black widow spider bite them, thinking they would get spider powers like Spider-Man.
2: Oh, no. <laughs>
0: have you not heard this?
2: No, I didn't. Hear yeah.
1: that. I, I didn't read the article, but I but I've seen but I've seen it circulating. And um, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, it's a uh, I, I read it yesterday. I guess it was reported on Telemundo, which is, you know, their uh, TV station. Uh, they basically got the Black Widow, enticed it to fight them. And then the mother had to take them to a health center because they were tremors, fevers, muscle pain. And then they went from there to the hospital. So way to go, kids.
1: I feel bad for these kids. I do, but I mean, you know,
0: it's an honest mistake. I, it's an honest <laughs> mistake.
1: I've I don't know it. if I call it an honest mistake or not. I mean, you you gotta know how old were these kids, Randy?
0: Uh, well, I'm assuming they're all like tw- twelve, ten, something like that. You know, old enough to old enough to know that hey, it's a poisonous spider.
1: Yeah. Dumb enough to
0: still think well, it might work.
1: Yeah, you got to know by then that, you know, a, bite, a spider biting you is not going to turn you into Spider-Man. Right. I mean, let's hope. Let's let's face it, I'm too old to become Spider-Man. I don't want a spider biting me if that's what's going to happen.
0: Right. <laughs> so uh, remember last year, Tom King was basically outed from Batman and uh, more or less fired from D.C.? Uh, and he announced that, well, I'm going to go ahead and get to do those issues to wrap up my story anyway in the whole Batman Catwoman series.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So that was originally supposed to have come out early this year, like January, right. February, before even all the pandemic and everything started. Uh, but we still didn't get it. And it also didn't show up in the August solicitations. Olivia might know this news as well. Uh, it looks like the earliest we may see that now will be Christmas.
2: mmm. Yeah, they're pushing everything back. Um, I heard Christmas, too, but honestly, it wouldn't surprise me if things get bumped into 2021.
1: Right. So how bad did you, did you weep when you found out that the newest Tom <sighs> King book was going to be pushed here, back? There we right? go.
2: Well,
0: I, I'm not worried because I have Strange Adventures if issue two ever comes out.
1: Uh, okay, so you got to, you'll you be getting your Tom King fix, is what
0: And I can always go back and reread my Mr. Miracle and my Batman. You are so lucky you're not in the studio. Well, I knew
1: you were gonna find some way to get Tom King in because you know, that's what you did.
0: It's like my wrestling, okay? If Tom King's gotta to get mentioned in his show. Uh, speaking
1: of Speaking of which, Randy, yet just by it. no coincidence you bring it up. This is a, a very important day in wrestling history. Twenty-four years ago today, Scott Hall jumped the guardrail at on a Mad Men Mute, beginning beginning the storyline of the New World Order, which would carry us through the next several years, marking eighty-three weeks of WCW beating WWF mm-hmm. in the ratings. So, so yeah, thank you for bringing that up, Randy. I appreciate it.
0: You're done? Yes, go ahead. <laughs> okay. Uh, because we muted you, so we didn't get any of that. Oh, yeah. See, the beauty of me being in the studio and you not, is I can just have Mad Men mute you when you do that. Um, so, yeah. Ali- go, back,
1: go back to your Tom King worshiping.
0: Right. Gotcha. Sir. So, Olivia, in case you don't know, there's a running joke that I have a man crush on Tom King, and Tommy likes to just drive it in whenever he can.
2: That's Okay. We all
0: have <laughs> our things.
1: Right. That's what Randy's thing is he loves him some Tom King.
2: Uh, there we go.
0: <laughs> so, hey, Tommy, you're going to like this one. Um, and I'm going to have to uh, pull on Olivia for some of this because I don't know what these are. But with the whole thing of uh, the quarantine and the pandemic and all the scheduling delays, Marvel has announced that they're going to be canceling a bunch of their alternate covers. Um, oh. So apparently the in vampire – dark Marvel and the sneaker variants have all been canceled olivia i don't even know what those were
2: um so they sound like the incentive variants Um, uh, they did cancel a lot of those just because it's harder to get those back into production because there's only say an incentive variant you have to buy 25 copies in order to be able to buy one of these copies or 50 copies in order to be one of those copies so they're just kind of the more rare titles or um covers excuse me
0: gotcha but Toby, are you ready to get you to do your happy dance over there? I counted sure. them up. You know how many of those variant covers are now canceled? Fifty-three. Good lord! <laughs> yeah. I I kid you not. I counted them up yesterday. It was fifty-three of them. Wow.
1: Because we need fifty-three covers for one book.
0: Well, well, no, no, no. It wasn't for an event. It's not like, uh, say, Empire or an event where they did like all the multiple covers for one of them. There were mm-hmm. variant covers of all the regular titles tying back to an event. Just like when they relaunched Spider Woman, all the regular titles got a Spider Woman cover. Ah, or like okay. or like when they did um Mary Jane, all the regular titles got a Mary Jane cover. Um, so
2: Yeah. Each any like normal book usually has at least one or two different covers, including in some variants, but some normal books have up to five. Um they do a lot of them. Yeah. I mean, the artwork's cool. I definitely appreciate it and are seeing everybody's rendition of it, but uh it is a lot sometimes
0: well, especially for some of those completists out there who have to have every cover, yeah so uh so yeah. here's here's a good one. um you know those uh d c giants that's been coming out at Walmart? Mm-hmm. did you know that the Batman number no. five giant that came out uh, at Walmart apparently has a new joker origin? oh really? I did not know this myself, but then I saw a blurb right after that saying it's an origin story, not a new origin. But apparently um, the speculators went bananas and bought up every one of them, and they're on eBay for like no less than $15 now. Of course they are. Uh, but I didn't even hear about this thing. Um, yeah, i heard
2: a lot of different things about it, but from my understanding, it's just kind of like a very um, you know exaggerated origin story. It's not necessarily a new how he came to be
0: gotcha so we got anything new who was dinging over here okay Mm -hmm. uh do we know does it involve the vat of acid
2: not i haven't heard that specific um i know they added a lot of stuff i would assume it's hard to have a joker without the vat of acid you know that's just the Mm. classic joker i always think of
0: right i'm gonna have to go there's a walmart on my street uh where I live and I don't think it's very popular or I mean it doesn't get heavily frequented so I might have to go see um if it's in there uh Enos how yeah. you doing Welcome
3: hey what's up show. bud what's up man
0: uh do you have any news items
3: it, everything if you except you walk
0: in a half hour late you better have
3: something <laughs> <again>. <laughs> I got chewing until, but no <laughs> no but uh it's just like everybody's being beat to death with the Snyder Cut and like where where it is it's um we might get Ben Affleck back
0: well, Warner Brothers has given him another thirty million to shoot scenes he didn't get to do. I would think it's a given.
3: Oh yeah, I would, You remember that guy that I kicked off the group that uh, didn't like the the Batman group that I got into an argument about right. about Affleck? I like to see his face right now. Right.
0: Absolutely. Here's what's it really bad. I noticed on uh, Yahoo today there was an article about why does Superman's lip look funny in Justice League? I'm like, really. You're going to dig up a two-year-old article because it must have been a slow news day or maybe people and didn't they had know. nothing else better to do. Right. Um, y'all hear me? Can you guys hear Enos? Yeah. Yeah, I can hear Enos. Okay, cool. We're not going to hear ourselves. Got it. Got uh, it. Or at least I think my headphones are turned down. Right. Uh, so that was the news items I had. So we had to do something a little different for show and tell. Um, you weren't here, Enos. So we had some technical issues. Uh-huh. So we don't have a video feed, but we can still do show and tell for one another. Okay. Um, I'm going to let them go first because I got something really special on my end.
3: Beautiful books. I bet you do. Because you're Randy Loses. That's right. <laughs> what do you got?
0: Give, give me that um, one.
2: Is Enos no. going first? Is that what's yeah, going on? Yeah, he is.
0: Yes, because... Okay. Oh, no, give me that one. that number three? No, okay, I want this one. Okay. All right, so we have Teen Titans Annual Number Two, The First Appearance of the Vigilante. Scott, where am I showing this at, anyway? Is he over there?
3: Yeah, he's right there. Am I yeah, showing you can it? Put it? You can put it down on the table. On the table? No. This table. The one we
0: talked about. All right, it's on the table. Uh, just that
1: camera went out.
0: Or not. Moving right along. How about, you can Hold hey. it up to the camera. Huh? You can hold it up to the camera in front of you. There we go. Teen Titans annual number two first appearance of Vigilante. I actually just bought this trade paperback at Ollie's the other day, not Teen Titans the uh, Vigilante thing. I think it was the entire series too in it, isn't it? Yeah just about because it only ran like 23 issues.: Right. I remember being really ticked off when they ended that series too. Who are you telling? Because of the way they ended it.: Yeah the, yeah. Uh, what do you guys got? All right, I guess I
1: will go next. Uh, this one comes from Gateway Comics and Toys. I picked it up a few weeks ago, so thank you very much for that, Olivia. You we go. have amazing adventures. Oh man! Eleven. The first appearance. Nice. Of first-,
3: first appearance of Tommy. You 30. know what else is a. You know what hey, else is. Um-
1: recently, so there.
0: <laughs> hey, you know what else is important about that book? I'll give you a moment.
1: Is this is, it, this is one where our uh, where our girl appears, right?
0: Yes, Patsy Walker shows back Patsy up Walker. in this. And this is where you start establishing her, her, her ID her her identity as a hero, mm. and actually established that yes, her adventures were written by her mother in the Marvel universe. So, mm.
1: so when I picked this one up, funny story about it, uh, Ed was showing me a bunch of of of, uh, of comics. I had a, uh, I had a twenty percent off coupon. Um, and one of the ones that he showed me was uh, Green Lantern number one. He uh, for a mere price of uh, one thousand three hundred dollars. Um, Mm -hmm. I tried to talk the wife into it, but it it just wasn't happening. So Amazing Adventures 11, it it had to be.
0: Huh. Good stuff. Uh, Olivia, you got something? I I saw you thumbing through a comic before the show started, too.
2: (laughs) So not necessarily a comic, but something really cool. It's a little bit more of a comic artifact. But I have a reprint, not the original, of the first Overstreet Price Guide. Oh! Cool. And it was really cool. I was thumbing through actually because I wanted to see how much Action Comics one would have cost in 1970 when this came out, and right. it was three hundred dollars mint condition.
3: Wow! Oh yeah. I, see, I would have. And that.
2: then more fun comics. The first issue would have been a hundred dollars in 1970.
0: Dude, wow. that is just like when you're reading those comics from like the 70s and you see, or the, even in the 80s, and you see that center spread by Mile High Comics. Man. And you see like FF number one for $45. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You remember yeah. those days? Oh, yeah. And, and Well, here's the thing. Back then, I couldn't afford $45. Heck,
3: yeah.
0: <laughs> if I'd have known then, right?
3: Oh, tell me about All right,
0: it. Right. So I got a couple of great ones, uh, and I'm going to, Tommy, you're going to love this. Problem. Okay. the ah, 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 greatest comic ever, 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 Dark Hawk number one.
2: Yeah, baby. <laughs> the Dark, oh, hey, oh,
0: Lord, Dark Hawk. Hawk. Now. That's right, man. Here's the other thing, Tommy. The second uh-huh. greatest comic ever is Dark Hawk number two. Oh,
1: yeah. That, with the Hobgoblin on the
0: cover. Well, <laughs> you know what I like about this? what's that? It's guest starring Spider-Man. Remember the running joke about comics back in the 80s? You knew oh, it was to... doing bad when they had to have uh, Spider- Spider-Man, Spider-Man guest show to appear. Up. <laughs> right. Usually around issue six, seven, or eight, if Spider-Man was in it, you knew the book was in trouble. Yeah. Here's issue two, and he's already there. <laughs> yeah,
1: but Darkhawk would have been fine without Spider-Man, because he was Darkhawk. Right. And Could then the one even that I fly.
0: Have, could the How long did that fly? series
1: run? That series ran for several years.
0: Oh. Yeah, yeah. Fly, oh. Well, he was even a member of uh, New Warriors for a while, right? Right. He was, yeah. So what I have, this is a beautiful book, um, and it fits in with tonight's subject.
3: Uh-huh. And I got
0: to tell you, this costs a lot. I bet. This costs a lot. I bet. I mean, I had to like give up a, a kidney, uh, a firstborn, which mm-hmm. the joke is on them because I don't even have any children. The, uh, right. But this is the original now.
3: Okay. okay, okay,
0: action comics number one reprint.
3: Ah, uh, <laughs> uh, from 88. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. nice. I,
1: I remember got an action comics one reprint myself.
0: Well, what's really great about this one is, uh, obviously the size would give it away <laughs> to those of us who are in the know, but there is no way to not know this is a reprint.
3: I mean, yeah, you, you, you would have to be pretty dense.
0: I and think. what's really great about it is, I went and thumbed through it. And it has it's the entire contents of Action One, so oh, it's wow. got it's got Superman, it's got the Slam Bradley uh, story, everything. I actually got this um, from EK, the station manager, last year. So I figured, considering what we're discussing tonight, this would be great um, for show and tell.
1: See, um, I know I would know if when you showed it to me that was a reprint, and the reason I would know is because well, you owned it,
0: so. right? Uh-huh. Well, <laughs> another big key here too is um, there's no ten cents on it. Mm-hmm. there's there's no price but other than that plus the the comics back then were a little they were almost treasury sized weren't they some they yeah, were, they're yeah, back then, big.
3: It, they were big back then
0: yeah they're a little bit bigger all right so tonight we are actually going to be discussing um Jerry Siegel and Joe Shuster uh we all know what they're famous for but we're going to discuss uh a bit of their life their history and the other things that they did um But before we do that, it is promo time because I want to remind our listeners, who brings us Lost in a Long Box? Who would that be, Olivia?
2: Hey, uh, we're from Gateway Comics and Toys. We're located at 2368 Plank Road, Fredericksburg, Virginia. Um, All of our social media and our website are just under Gateway Comics and Toys, and our phone number is 540-621-9274. Uh, We have lots of cool Superman-related stuff, like these omnibuses that are all the Golden Age reprints, which I actually was reading through this week. Um, Yeah, and our hours and everything right now are all on the website.
0: Fantastic. So I am actually going to uh, start with Jerome Siegel here, uh, and then we'll go to Joe Schuster. I want to avoid going right into Superman because we all know Superman. Let's talk about some of the other stuff first. Um, Okay. So, like for instance. Jerry Siegel, or Jerome Siegel, his actual name, uh, was born in 1914. Um, In Cleveland, Ohio, his parents were Jewish. They were immigrants from uh, Lithuania who basically fled uh, persecution. Um, But he moved to Glenville in 1928, and at Glenville High School, he met Joe Schuster. And they both shared a love for science fiction and uh, adventure fiction and and movies, and they became fast friends. Um, So... I wish we'd have met in high school. Man. Do you, do you know how much... We could be famous, be writing comics Man, right
3: who now. you tell? But Look, we ain't dead yet.
0: You could you could have <laughs> told me that Sue Ellen Richardson was a bad mix, and not that... Never mind. Anyway. No. Uh, we, could, we, <laughs> couldn't met, we couldn't have met in
1: high school, Randy, because when you graduated high school, I was... Here eight.
0: we go. All right. So... I won't
2: even date myself. (laughs) (laughs) You weren't alive when Randy graduated high school.
1: Probably not.
0: Probably not. No, she was. No, in fact, oh, wow, I can tell you a story that'll just embarrass your dad. Uh, Actually not. But uh, so anyway, uh, (laughs) Schuster didn't go to, uh, yeah, Siegel didn't go to college. He couldn't afford it. So he did a bunch of delivery jobs and what have you, um, including working for um, National Allied Publications, who becomes?
3: DC Comics. Thank you very much.
0: Comics, that's right. Uh, But apparently him and Schuster did create Superman together. They sold it uh, to DC Comics, you're going to love this, for $130.
1: Which, according to this, is a little over uh, $2,300 when adjusted for inflation. inflation. But but let that sink in for a minute. (laughs) Just just let that sink in for a minute here. Superman, for even by today's standards, $2,300.
3: Right, And when you consider... All of the revenue that this is that this character has generated for the past eighty some years or well, better. Well,
0: here's 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 the kicker. We're going to get to this in a second. So even though they sold the rights, uh, they kept writing on it and or working on it. Uh, it became popular enough that they earned, and this is, a, I mean, even by today, this is not you know anything to sneeze at. They earned almost sixty four thousand dollars writing Superman. You adjust that for inflation. That's almost a million dollars,
1: which is crazy. That's that's so much right. money. But I mean, but but even with that, that's nothing compared to what right. you know Superman is worth.
0: Right. Oh, yeah. But now here's where this gets a little bit uh, hinky. So Siegel goes into the army. He gets drafted in 1943. Right. Uh, while he's in the army, he gets uh, a notice by Schuster that D.C. apparently had published a story about Superboy. Okay, great. Not okay. a problem. Except for the fact that Siegel had written a Superboy story and they didn't buy it. Oh. But here they were now publishing it. So he sues them.
1: <laughs> and he makes that, gets a little over 94000
0: Right, which after. is to buy today's standards is a million dollars. So the problem is he, he kind of loses all the money that he's made to his ex-wife.
3: Oh. Yeah,
0: he's left
1: with 29. He says here he's left with 29 grand after paying court fees. Ooh, they right. took him to the yeah,
3: yeah. They took it, man. So,
0: I mean, it's really it, you hate to think about the fact that they just sold a character for $130, but at the same time, they were making money off the
1: character,
2: yeah.
0: I mean,
1: right? And I, let's and let's face it, the Superboy lawsuit there was ties to that for many, many, many years, even after this settlement. You know, we could right. write an entire show on the Superboy lawsuit.
3: Oh, my God, yes.
0: Well, and and remember, uh, a couple of things that just came up, one of them was in the early 70s with the whole Superman movie, and just recently, like maybe five years ago, Olivia, you probably know this one, uh, the heirs were suing DC to get the publishing rights back. So Yeah.
1: For Superman?
3: It's um, kind of like Superman? a
2: never-ending struggle to get them back. Right.
1: Yeah, I mean, this, you know, like I said, the, the lawsuits over Superman and Superboy, we could probably do three shows on, for goodness yeah. sake.
3: Yeah.
0: Yeah. But uh, so, Siegel actually leaves DC like in 1947, but he does come back again like in 59, I think, whatever. And he's still writing for him, still doing some work for him. Uh, but did you know he also worked for, Action, for, for Archie Comics? No. Back when they were doing their superhero line in the 60s. So he worked on The Fly. Mighty Crusaders, The Web, Steel starting all wow. characters which DC tried to revive at one point. Yes, it did. Um, but here's what's really great. Tommy, you're going to love this one. So when Siegel was at DC Comics, listen to some of the characters he created, okay? So Dr. Occult and New Fun Comics, uh, The Radio Squad, Sam Bradley, uh, or Slam Bradley, obviously, from uh, Detective and, and Action Comics, Superman, Superboy, The Presence, uh, The Spectre. Is one of
3: the his.
1: Spectre's a big one right
3: there. Yeah, okay. Oh,
0: no. Oh, no. He also, and I bet you didn't know this, worked on Legion of Superheroes for a while. And guess who he created working for <laughs> Legion of Superheroes? Bouncing <laughs> Boy, Brainiac 5, Cosmic King, Triplicate <laughs> Girl, Invisible Kid, and your favorite. Let's hear it, Tommy.
1: The one, the only, from the planet Bismal, the Great matter eater (laughs) there you
0: go and and lightning lord phantom girl chameleon boy and saturn queen so i
1: think this this is probably the height of his writing career this is you know matter eater lad definitely will go down as his greatest creation say what you will about superman he's nothing compared to matter eater lad if you look at if you look up this man's powers matter eater lad can eat any substance that known to man including superman so in a fight, including in a fight Matter Eater lad is taking that because he will literally bite Superman's head off. Literally right. bite his head off.
0: But yeah, so Jerry Siegel worked for DC for a long time. The irony here is he gets fired when DC finds out that he's forming another lawsuit to get the rights of Superman back. <laughs> and mm-hmm. they're like, oh, no, no, we can't have you working for us and suing us, yep. so pick one. Well, yeah, I mean... well sadly he loses that lawsuit no. so yeah. until the Which 70s he, i
1: mean unfortunately you know it, it was a lawsuit that he was destined to lose because they legally purchased it from him i mean even if it was for pennies you know they did legally purchase it from him
0: and, yeah. and that was always uh what worked against it was the judge held the contract and i'm like well, yeah, you sold him <laughs> is this your signature well yes yeah, your honor but you sold them. <laughs> you know? Yeah.
1: I mean, unless you can find something with the contract that was illegal or dishonest or something like that, what what can you do? I mean, it was a legally binding contract that you signed.
0: Yep. Right. And, and remember, uh, even even today, the practice is you create a character, you sell it to the company. They own it lock, stock and barrel. Yep. Right. Um, which is why we got things like the Vertigo imprints and image. Um, and image is because they retain ownership of their characters. Uh, but that's enough about Siegel. Who wants to take Joe Schuster? And hey, we can Siegel. talk a little bit
1: about about Mr. Schuster. Mr. Schuster, we don't have quite as much as him. He was also born in nineteen fourteen, and as you met, he um him and Jerry Siegel met in high school, became fast friends, and created, uh, and created Superman. Um, from the looks of things, he didn't really have a lot of a, as much of a hand in creating other characters mm-hmm. as what Jerry Siegel did. Um, you know, I don't really see much much here on him other than, other than um you know. Superman he did introduce Jerry Siegel uh, to his to his second wife and I thought the story on this was was kind of interesting because apparently his uh, Siegel's second wife was the model for Lois Lane. Yep.
0: Yes, absolutely. And
1: and I I did not I did not realize that and I thought that was that was pretty interesting.
0: Also, too, um I think Siegel and I I don't know the convention here so bear with me. Goes to a comic convention and he cosplays as Clark Kent at it. Yes, it it might be How one of the earliest. Might mm. be one of the earliest San Diego Comic Cons. Mm.
1: How great is that? How That's, great is that? Having as Clark Kent, and no one probably had any idea who he was.
0: Well, they knew who Clark Kent was. They didn't know well, he yeah, was. Yeah, I mean, they probably yeah. had
1: no idea they were talking that it. it was you know a legend like he was. Right. Was
2: um, Chai Con, the nineteen forty second world science fiction? Convention. There
0: you go. She's got
1: it. Mm. There you go. Good call, Olivia.
2: I knew I had it somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) Good
0: call. Uh, But let's get into Superman while we're at it. So the irony of this is Superman started as a bad guy. They actually tried to write it as a short fiction piece with some illustrations and sell it to like the pulp magazines of the time. Right. But he was a villain.
3: And ironically, guess who he resembled? Uh, Lex Luthor. Exactly.
0: He was bald. He looks like Lex Luthor. Uh, but they were trying to actually make a newspaper strip out of it. Here's the part that just kills me. They reluctantly sold it to DC <laughs> mm. because they couldn't get any traction on it. So they said, okay, we'll do it as a comic book. And that was when they reimagined him as a hero. And remember... When he started, he couldn't fly. Nope. He could only leap an eighth of a mile. Exactly. Why that exact amount?
2: <laughs> right.
1: It was quite a while before he learned to fly, Before they had him fly, too. Many. It was quite a few years. Right. Um, before that happened, as a matter of
3: fact. It I was, do believe it was in 1941 you know, during the Flesher was, cartoons that we actually saw him fly and they really integrated him during the Superman radio series it, it, with in Bud Collier.
1: In the comic books, he actually officially flies for the first time in Action Comics 123.
0: Ooh, that, that's a grail. I need to get one. one yeah, so that's
1: that's actually, you know, we'll, we'll tell you how long it took him to to have the power of flight in the comic books. That was quite some time
0: well doesn't that come after the radio show
1: i would say so yes yeah
3: yeah yeah i I would would think it would because the Flesher cartoons debuted in 41 and in the early um even though he flew in the first short he actually you actually saw him in the episode in the uh short the arctic giant he didn't fly he actually jumped from building to building right. to building and um but then they for the remainder of the last uh, i think this the Arctic giant was i think the third or fourth one for the remaining 13 he flew right right
1: what year what year did you say the radio show was that he fl- that he flew for the first time
3: i he flew on the radio show <laughs> i think um that the flesher cartoons were in 1941 Okay. I want I want to say that the uh Superman radio show was in forty two. Okay. Give me a so he, this this he
1: might have
0: this book doesn't get published until forty eight. Okay. Right. Because remember in the radio show, two of the great uh, lines that we associate with Superman came from the radio show. Up uh, up and away. Up up and away when he was flying, and this looks like a job. Superman Superman. Superman. and that's because you had to let the audience know okay he's gone from Clark to Superman
3: and no one did it better than the voice act than the man who quite possibly was um the most familiar closely associated with Superman up until George even after Kirk Allen and George Reeves made their debut as a cow as the character Clayton Bud Collier who, I
0: thought I did it pretty good just now. Uh, oh yeah, you did. <laughs>
3: and I, and I just loved it. I loved his Clark Kent. His Clark Kent wasn't wimpish. His Clark Kent was a man's man. But when he was like, it was like this was like a job for Superman.
0: And you know, it, it's funny you said that. I remember really liking uh, the Dean Kane, Terry Hatcher, Lois and Clark New Adventure of Superman because for the first time, you didn't see Clark as you know a little nerd. And yeah. The, he was an everyday guy um, who said, uh-oh, I got to go save the world, and he would just run off and change. You know, nothing, don't take anything away from Christopher Reeve because he's always going to be my Superman. Oh, yeah. But he was still the, the meek and mild-mannered guy.
3: Right. He, so, well, right that,
0: that overall was a great show. I did like Lois and Clark for doing a Superman. The <laughs> only problem is that show needed a, a supervillain. That was the only drawback with that show.
3: And he tried to bring other villains in there. And for some reason, as great as an actor as he was, John Shea just did not work as Lex Luthor. He wasn't evil enough. But... Yeah. He was too much of a nice guy. But... Um, Venture Superman radio series, 1940 to 1951. Wow. Wow. So, so actually Superman flew before the Flesher cartoons, because the Flesher cartoons didn't come out till 41.
0: Well, and you have to figure too, the radio show had them fly. It didn't matter if they didn't have any continuity with the comics. Right,
3: exactly. Because
0: the kids probably weren't paying attention and the no. adults weren't reading the comics who might've been listening to the show.
3: because Exactly. Of so, and, and another tidbit from that radio show Practically just about everyone from the cast of the radio show was cast in 1966 for the filmation, um, the New Adventures of Superman series. Bud Collier reprised Superman, Joan Alexander reprised. uh lois lane jack grimes was uh jimmy olsen and the announcer and narrator jackson beck narrated the uh series
0: that's a good poll uh so you know what i had to i had to interject you real quickly because i was thinking about it and i'm going to take my headphones off for this because i love this part the one thing i really loved about the dean kane terry hatcher is when uh they cut i think it's wells comes back from the future right and he goes uh (laughs) They it says they can always now uh, answer a question that historians always had about Lois Lane, which was how stupid was she? Look, I'm Clark Kent. No, I'm Superman.
3: But but I love how I love how they did in that sh- that did what they did with that was when he revealed himself to her. She was like. She knew all along well, that he asked her to get married. And she asked, goes,
0: Who's asking? Clark, Clark or or Superman? Superman. and Superman. I love that. Was, that. And that was a season cliffhanger. Yeah. So, and yeah.
3: that was great. And I think that uh, Lois and Clark was the closest thing we were ever going to get to John Byrne's Superman.
0: Absolutely. So while we're here, let's talk about the fact that for years, DC made millions of money uh, off of uh, Superman, and Stiglitz and Schuster weren't getting squat um, until the movie was announced. And was it Neil Adams? It was Neil
3: Adams who who spearheaded a movement because he was like, Neil Adams just stumbled on the fact that, hey, wait a minute. They don't even acknowledge these guys for creating Superman. And he went to, I think if I, because I just looked at this the other day on the documentary, he went to Jeanette Kahn and said, hey, look, y'all better do something because there's going to be some big trouble if this movie makes it big and these guys don't get acknowledged.
0: Right. Absolutely.
3: Right. So that is what led to Neil Adams and a bunch of other writers and artists petitioning DC or Warner communications to create a pen, to not only give them billing, uh, give them the byline back, to on, create on the creation of superman but they created a pension that was for uh, for the remainder of their lives of $25,000.
0: But see, I want to say I always remember when you opened up a superman comic it did always say created by Siegel and Schuster. Uh, but it I, but it may not have been that way in the 50s and the 60s books. I'd have to look at uh, Well, the,
3: uh, you age. didn't truth be told I looked at an old action comics from the seventies when I was growing up, that I had the other night. All you see is Superman. U S R E G pat off.
0: Oh wow. Hmm.
3: That's all you saw. No one knew who Siegel and Schuster were were unless you grew up back then. Because I didn't know who they were until um. The Superman movie. When I started really built, buying up Superman in action comics, Jerryson, you see the little circle, Jerry Siegel and Joe Shuster.
0: See, here's the thing, though, Gr- I, and I guess I, I don't want to say different, but when I was first collecting comics, I knew the name Superman, you're Rams, right, Batman, right, and what have you. But the two names I learned almost immediately into my comic collecting, the three names. Jerry Siegel, Joe Schuster, Stan Lee. Yeah, yeah, those were the first three names that I learned, like almost immediately. Right, exactly. So for a lot and, of and you want to know something,
3: and also prove not to cut you off, but um, they didn't get credit on the '66 Superman cartoon either.
0: No, absolutely, probably not. And, yeah, and I
3: mean, that was that was like, and I was like, wow. I mean, I I guess this is why. McFarlane, Lee, Valentino, and all those guys—they looked at that, at, at those guys, the store, and they say, "Oh no, we're not. This is not going to happen to us." And and that led the groundwork for for creating our own properties Well,
0: here's the thing though, um, it lays the groundwork for that. But Neil Adams and all the other comic artists of the day went to DC. Yeah. Took a comic book and said, "Do you understand that these two guys are the reason you have the this yeah. industry?" Yeah, and you guys have been holding exactly, for
3: years. exactly. And he
0: goes, none of this exists without these two guys, and, and pretty Boston much,
3: Ohio. and pretty much, that's what he literally told told them when they were doing the interview with him. And I'm like, I hope that I somehow, some way, get a chance to sit down and talk with this guy, Neil Adams. Yes,
0: um, he was at Austin Con last year. He might be there this year too.
3: I'm go. I'm going to tell you this guy is probably one of the most phenomenal people and he's so down to earth, but, 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 but he loves this industry and, and, and he's, and he's, she gives it to you straight, no chaser. I really hope we get the opportunity to really talk to him because like all the other Batman artists that I liked have passed. So he's, and he's outlived them all.
0: He, he might be there, which by the way, guys, I, we have to resubmit to get those passes because obviously since Awesome con got rescheduled. They told us those passes are now no good. You got to reapply. So we'll, okay. we'll do that. Um, but uh, let's let's move into something else. So Neil Adams and all these comic book writers and artists finally get DC Warner Brothers to pony up, and they give them a, a substantial uh, back payments, I guess, but still not enough. Not enough. To no, old- not enough. Them. Um, and then, and I don't know. This might have been 2015, 2014. Uh, there's a, a time limit for how long you can have copyright on a character. And it was coming up on, yeah. on Superman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and the heirs to Siegel and Schuster knew this, which means they had really good lawyers who'd been watching it for years. Who went to them and said, now's your opportunity. Get this back from DC and start publishing your own Superman comics. Because there was a very real oh, yeah. threat Oh that yeah. DC was going to lose Superman, and the Siegel and Shuster families were going to be able to publish it themselves, or basically sell it to the highest bidder and say, "Hey, do you want to make Superman comics?" Because can know you
1: imagine um, if they had won that and and sold the character to like Marvel?
0: Absolutely. <laughs> or or someone like Boom or Dynamite, because that right. that's that's a feather in your cap if you're one of those small companies. Mm. Right. But I mean just
1: that would just be insane. And you know, with as much money as Disney has, they would've bought that in a heartbeat. Oh, without a doubt.
3: Without a doubt.
1: Disney would have said, Give me that and dropped a billion dollars on it like it was nothing.
0: Right. And and I can see Disney for just a for maybe a couple years would have let Superman out of the MCU and then there would have been a huge event that would have been great. Oh my god. So
3: that would oh. have been probably one of the biggest stories ever. Right.
0: Thank God it didn't Thank happen. God
3: it didn't happen.
0: Because don't get me wrong. I love Marvel. Marvel's got some great characters, but there's a distinct different feel between the two of them. And I don't want Superman getting Marvelized.
3: Right. And even when John Byrne took did the character, he kept it DC. That's what I loved about right. it.
0: But now when you pick up a, a Superman or an action and I think even if you pick up any book he's in, and Olivia, you you, you probably um, can tell me this in the store or look in the store in the next couple of days. If he's in the book, there is a printed by an arrangement with the Siegel or Schuster.
3: Yeah, or yeah, it is.
0: And it's not, it's not just action or Superman. It's any book he's in.
3: Exactly. And also the same applies for Superboy because it was because of... Um, the The arrangement with the Schuster family that we got the live-action Superboy series from the 90s on DVD.
0: Well, remember, that's Siegel sued them because yeah. they published Superboy even though they didn't buy the character from Right.
3: Uh, well, so. and
2: even in 2004, the heirs went after him for, <laughs> or went after Superboy again. I mean, so the heirs, <laughs> there were several lawsuits. They spanned from 2004 to 2016.
1: Yep. Yeah, because wow. remember, yeah. there was a time period where uh, DC stopped publishing anything Superboy-related because of the lawsuit mm-hmm. that was going.
3: Yeah.
0: And that might explain why we had Connor Kent in the blue jeans and a black t-shirt.
1: Yep. Right. Because, That's exactly why we did.
0: Because they wanted to be able to change the image in case they <laughs> lost the lawsuit, and then it wouldn't be a big deal. You could just change Connor Kent's name from Superboy to something else.
3: Right. Mm-hmm.
0: Much like how we don't call Captain Marvel Captain Marvel on the cover anymore, or in the books, now he's Shazam
3: some I, I, I <laughs> you know I I'm I'm gonna tell you right now we all we all love Shazam the movie but man it would have been so good to hear him be called Captain Marvel it would oh it, it, it would have and 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 to have Freddie be called Captain Marvel jr right God man I was I mean
0: well Hopefully, uh, like we reported last week, Jeff Johns saying that you know Superboy Prime is going to probably refer to him as Captain Marvel in that story. Hopefully, uh, that'll take, and DC will be like, you know what? I don't care about Marvel. We had the character first. We're going to call him Captain Marvel.
3: Exactly. <laughs>
0: yep, take a stand. Take a
1: stand.
3: That's what else Bring was back was
1: a... big red cheese as he's meant to be.
3: Well, push come to shove, we can always stick Tommy on him.
0: Well, yeah, That's we right. could <laughs>
3: absolutely. I mean,
0: diehard comic fans, we we know that. Okay, I don't care if you name the title Shazam, as long as I get Captain Marvel in the pages, we're fine That's with it. that. That's so it. all that matters. In fact, one of the best titles they ever did was The Power of Shazam.
3: Oh yeah, mm-hmm. oh yeah, and that first and that um that one shot hardcover graphic novel that they did that helped kick off that series under the same name. Man, Ardway put his foot in that, right? And and here's and not to get off subject, but it was like one of the things that I Too late. people ha 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 people <laughs> that don't like the fact that he has the mind of a little kid. But if you think about it, it makes a better story. Well, because it'd be problematic if he was two people.
0: Every everyone forgets <clears throat> that uh, you still got a twelve year old driving an adult bus. Exactly, which is what I really loved. See, now we're digressing again. What I really loved about um, Kingdom Come. You got to see an adult Billy now with the power.
3: Right. So. Yeah. All right. Have we got
0: it? Go go ahead.
1: Interesting thing about Superman here, too, is he's set to enter the public domain in 2033, which would only apply to his characters depicted in Action Comics 1. So that means in 13 years, if you and I want to Mm -hmm. write us a Superman story as he was depicted in Action Comics 1, we can
0: do it. Oh, no, trust me, that'll get locked down before they oh, probably are yeah. working on that, brother. Oh, yeah. <laughs>
1: so keep that date in mind January 2033, Superman enters public domain. <laughs> How like do you, you t- said, t- that's
0: not going to happen, but we'll see. You know, in action one, he actually had like the lace up boots, like yeah, Wonder Woman like had. The role, like the yeah, Romans Like the did. Roman that... soldier type of thing. I know I... they did those pretty fast, too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
3: And the color job. Probably <laughs> because Bobby Bobby Siegel looked at Schuster and said, what in the hell are you doing? Yeah, exactly. It was, like, <laughs> like, it was like, what? I was like, when I first saw it, I was like, oh, no. No, Superman do not have the Achilles boots on. Right. But I think they were like trying like to do a throwback to Hercules. Right, absolutely.
0: Well, you got to remember, too, uh, I don't want to say the art was bad then, but the coloring and the inking oh, uh, left a lot to be
3: desired. Oh, uh, so. yeah. Right. Look, how many of y'all ever looked at an old one of the earliest Superman comic books that did like this? <laughs> because you couldn't see Everything was such a blur. And you couldn't yeah. see it. All the colors were messed up. and everything. Well, <laughs> you look like Mr. Magoo trying to read a comic book. Now, that's a sight to see. I have that. I have the uh,
0: that uh, Superman archive, like volume one, like uh-huh. Superman number one through whatever. Yeah, and all of them, you're like,
3: yeah, yeah, you, was
0: you he yeah, like,
3: <laughs> and like I, you couldn't see his feet when he was chasing the car, right?
0: That's where Lyfele took his cue from. <laughs> so, all right, so you guys got anything else about Siegel and Schuster over there? I know you do. No, I,
1: I, I think we've we've covered them pretty well. Um, yeah, they're of course members of many many comic book hall of Fame, Hall of Fames, well deserved. Probably two. Oh most, yes, uh, probably the two most important people in in the history of comic books, I would say.
0: And I'm glad you mentioned that because I can actually – got to make sure we mentioned that um, uh, – well, of course, now I lose it. Uh, They were both inducted into the Will Eisner um, Hall of Fame in 1994 and the Jack Kirby one in 1996, um, which seemed really late uh, for me.
1: Yeah, you would think that they would be the, the first two inductees. Well, I mean, maybe not. Maybe not, in the, maybe not in the Kirby. Maybe you know Jack Kirby and Will Eisner be in first in their you know respective Hall of Fames. But I mean, other than that, you know, they would be the first two inductees because I would say they're the two most important people in the history of comic books.
0: And I got the dates wrong, so it was the Will Eisner Hall of Fame in two.
3: Ninety two. and
0: the Jack Kirby one the year after, nineteen
3: ninety three. And and Kirby passed the year after that.
0: Right. So, a- absolutely, uh, it's just. I thought it should have been a lot sooner. Who yeah. knows? Maybe the awards weren't that old when they did it. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, yep, good. Uh, th- th- I don't want to say good show, but good subject. I mean, let- let's face it. The comic industry wouldn't be where it was without these two. Because, as you can see, it wasn't just Superman. Siegel did a whole bunch of other great characters that are still out They're there. still going like, strong. Chameleon like Boy. Chameleon Boy is one of my favorite characters. Oh,
3: yeah. Um. And does this? And does Jared Siegel get um credit for creating the Spectre? Uh, I haven't no, seen that. I don't think he does. I don't think he does because because what they do now is when they have shows. I watched um Justice League action. It's a kid show, but I recommend it to everybody. Very entertaining. Very good because you get a lot to see a lot of the characters from the DC universe. They, um. At, during the post-credits, they show who created who, and they didn't—I'm um, going to have to go and look at my um episode of Batman, the Brave and the Bold, when the Phantom Stranger and the Spectre showed up, when Mark Hamill did the Spectre and Kevin Conroy did the Phantom Stranger, to see if they did give uh, Jerry Siegel billing on that.
0: Well, here's the thing. Uh, okay, they don't give him credit for the Spectre, but look at it this way. You're Jerome Siegel. I've created Superman yeah. and the Spectre and all these other guys. Who? Where do you want to get paid? Where, do you want your Superman. money here on these guys? or do You, you, want you, go, for guy? you <laughs> right. go for the money. You go for the money. You go for the big guy. You can keep all the creator credit and the royalties on that one. I just want my due on this guy. Exactly. <laughs> because, you know, I'm the, sure DC said, well, how about we give you X number of dollars for all these guys? Okay,
3: and the money on this guy. And, uh, yeah, and uh, give me money for Superman because right. let's face it, the age of heroes would not be in existence if I hadn't created him. Give me give up right. give me the money. So
0: I, I, I can see him not really caring about the credit on uh, Matter this... Eater lad and Bouncing Boy and all those guys. Don't get I I me all, the stuff, what?
3: What what? Tommy right. so like what? You shut your Look. mouth.
0: Everyone <laughs> wants credit for Matter Eater lad. Get, get it on the one that I <laughs> anyway. So I want to remind everybody that Mad Men does Shock Monkey Radio every Tuesday from 6 to 7 p.m. You can reach out to us on lostinthelongbox at gmail.com. Also, facebook.com slash lostinthelongbox. Make sure you go visit Olivia over at Gateway Comics and Toys. Very friendly. Uh, Got a lot of comics there. She doesn't have it. She knows where to get it. They got two locations too there. So if they don't have it, they can find it really quick for you. And then we have our Facebook groups Batman Yesterday, Today, and Forever realm of superheroes, comics, and pop culture, and gather together the greatest superhero teams. Uh, stay safe out there. Wear your mask, even if you don't want to, because remember, you're not protecting yourself. You're protecting others. Um, until then, we'll see you guys next week, all right? Have a good one. Good night, all right. good night everyone.